Good morning, afternoon, or evening, everyone. This is Sir Dragon, and this is the very first episode of BDSM 101 Podcast. I'm here with Tink. Hi. And uh, we're we're going to go through uh, some some basics here, right? Figured this is uh, episode one, so let's start at the beginning. It's a very good place to start. So I guess the very beginning would be a introduction. If you don't know me uh, from TikTok or the various other places that I'm on, um, my name is Sir Dragon. I am a daddy, primal, service dom, pleasure dom, and soft dom, uh, along with uh, a number of other things that I can't think of right now. Uh, and I'm going to let Tink go ahead and introduce herself. Yeah. So first of all, <laughs> we will explain all of that throughout the course of various different episodes. So if you didn't catch like what those terms are or what they mean and you're not aware of anything, um, relax. We will go over a lot of this stuff. Um, so I'm Tink. I am um, a submissive. I'm a masochist, I'm primal prey, I'm a brat, I'm a little, um, and basically, like, I'm what we call the right side of the slash. Um, for those of you, again, new to terminology, that one is one you're going to hear almost all the time, is right and left side of the slash. So when you write out D slash S for dom slash submissive or something like that online, um... And there's a bunch of them. There's DS, there's MS, there's um, DDLG. There's a lot of different terms, and most of them have a slash in them. Um, so that slash denotes um, usually, typically, the left side of the slash is all of your tops, your dominance, your masters, your um, your all of those types are going to be on the left side of the slash, whereas all of your submissives and littles and slaves those are all going to be on the right hand side of that slash when you write it out um so when we talk about the right side of the slash or the left side of the slash that's basically what we're saying we're either saying the top or the bottom um respectively um so there's a big old thing for you new information yay i've been in the lifestyle for eight years uh, I've been uh, BDSM kink for eight years. I've been poly or polyamorous for eight years. Uh, and I have been uh, actively walking my leather journey for three years. And again, with all this terminology, um, don't worry about it too much right now. Uh, you know, different podcasts in the future, we will break down a lot of this stuff. Just trying to give everybody an idea of who I am, what kind of experience I have, uh, and uh, Tink can go ahead and do the same for herself. Okay. Um, <laughs> I keep like assigning and like trying to whisper things to him, um, which is really weird because we're on a podcast that we can edit later, so he can always take things out if I don't like it. Um, <laughs> I'm such a dork. Okay, so that will probably all stay in because he likes to listen to me do dorky things. Yeah, probably. Um, 
Um, so I have been in the kink lifestyle. Um, so kink and BDSM, I have been doing that for the last 18 years. Um, and then I have been researching and living my leather lifestyle for the last six-ish years. I didn't really like set a date to know when I started doing that, so I'm not really sure. It's about six. Um, I know it was before, actually, yeah, I know it was before I met Sir Dragon, but very, very close to when we met. So I know it's about six years. Um, Sir Dragon and I have been friends and known each other for about six years. Um, we started um, really hanging out probably three or four years ago due to our love of D&D, &D, which you'll notice that things that we're interested in, a lot of other kinksters will also be interested in, like D&D &D and Ren Faire. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird how those pancakes stack up. Um, so... As I said, we really started hanging out about four years ago um, and really getting to know each other. Um, there were some things like when I needed help, he was the only person that showed up sometimes. Um, it was probably about two years ago that he invited me to be part of his leather house. Um, and then very shortly after he invited me to be one of the prime members for the leather club that he founded um, or helped found there were like eight founders he wasn't the only one so because leather community leather stuff should always be community based um, just not going into that right now um, so that's been about the last two years that we've really gotten super close um, in August the initial joke that I was the silent member of his polycule um, became kind of a, okay, so maybe you're not so silent as part of a me as one of the members. Um, so we really started looking into being more than just friends in August. Um, by October, we had decided to start dating. Um, in November, we decided to start negotiating a dynamic, um, and we spent November and December kind of negotiating, feeling things out, and in January, we began our DS dynamic, which kind of covers all of the things that we converge on. So it's a DS dynamic, it's a DDLG dynamic, which is the big and little dynamic, so the it stands for... Daddy Dom Little Girl. Daddy Dom Little Girl, um, but it kind of covers all of the bigs and littles, including mommies and little boys, and just plain littles who don't ascribe to a binary gender um yep. so it kind of encompasses all of that you know the primal stuff the our our ds dynamic we negotiated to have all of the things that we were combined interested in as part of that um i also officially moved in with him in december the very end of december just before christmas which was probably super fast, but there were other things going on. Yeah, we've known each other really for good. six years. It was so fast. <laughs> so fast. 
<laughs> anyway, if you guys are interested in uh, the negotiations that took place, uh, we actually have those up on TikTok. Um, I think if, you were combining them into a video for YouTube at some point, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, but when you download the stuff from TikTok and then put it into a, a, a video editor, the audio gets all messed up, so I'm still trying to figure all that out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, trying to share things cross-platform sometimes gets a little hairy. Um, but, uh, yeah, so my TikTok, if you're not familiar, is at Sir Dragon uh, Dragon has no vowels d-r-g-n so s-i-r-d-r-g-n and pretty much if you're looking for me or anything to do with me the dragon will never have vowels <laughs> that that is just me how i do it. it it's i mean i've been doing that since before i was in this lifestyle um Sir dragon like how my tink is a y not an i yeah and if you're looking for tinkerbell on tiktok it is t-y-n-k R underscore, uh, underscore R underscore Bell as in B E L L E. <laughs> so we got that. Okay. <laughs> so now let's get into the meat and potatoes of this thing now that we've uh, introduced ourselves for 10 minutes. 10 minutes talking about who we are yeah. and what we wanted. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's say, uh, I mean, it's very possible that you found us on Spotify or you found us on any of the various other podcasts out there and uh, you are just just starting to research this thing called BDSM. However you got here, whether or not you were reading um, romance novels or Fifty Shades of Grey, oh God help you. Um, <laughs> if, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how you got here, I am so very happy that you're here now. So let's define BDSM really quick. So BDSM stands for, well, the BD is bondage and discipline. And then you go DS, which is dominance and submission. And then you go SM, which is sadomasochism. So that's a bunch of different terms that they've kind of that we all kind of squashed into BDSM um, and then of course if it's just kink it's um, so the definition they have is not the definition we use um, typically if you're in the community a kink is anything that gets the gears going gets the gears grinding that is not typical traditional sociologically acceptable sex or just happy making because not all kink is sex related so what I actually do and I, I have a TikTok about it is um, you know the the psychological uh, definition of a kink and I'm paraphrasing here don't quote me okay is uh, any act that gives you sexual pleasure um, that is outside of the sociological norm of sex. But sex or kink does not have to be sexual. So what I typically tell people is anything that brings you pleasure, whether it's psychological, mental, emotional, or physical pleasure, that is outside of what society would deem normal is a kink. Now, here's the thing with that. Society, that's going to be based on where you are. Uh, the society 
uh, the, the culture of where you live will be different than the culture of where me and Tink live here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, I mean, unless you're in Las Vegas, Nevada, and then, you know, it's going to be pretty similar. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I would hazard to guess that some of the people in Nevada have a very different culture than we do. I well, mean, yeah. Even some of the people in Las Vegas have a very different cultural idea than what we do because there are various cultures represented 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 here in um, <laughs> here in Vegas and um, for example there's a religious community that is pretty strong out here which is crazy um, there's a lot more Mormons here than you might find in Idaho or Wisconsin you know, and there's a lot more, um, we've also got a much more transient community here where people are moving to and out of Las Vegas a lot more often than they might in and out of even Chicago or New York because of the type of city we have. So um, I would say that even here in Vegas, we have multiple cultures and oh, yeah. you might not, something that, Sir Dragon or I might see as, ooh, that's kinky, which, you know, for me is pretty much everything. Um, somebody else might say, oh, that's not kinky, that's just my lifestyle. Um, I have a very close friend that actually considers uh, having sex in bed kinky because he never does it. That's... <laughs> right? That's so, funny. Yeah. So, so having, like, what everybody else thinks of is like regular vanilla, you know, sex is just like super kinky for him because he just never does it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and, and that kind of just goes to show and, and that's really an overarching theme in this lifestyle altogether is these definitions, the uh, the terminology that me and Tink are going to be using, um, the definitions that you find, they are all very customizable that very very few things in this lifestyle are really like set in stone right so like hey hi you found us we are a great source of a lot of information we should never ever be and no one person or one source should ever ever be your entire source for information I might think that, hey, having sex in a bed is kinky, but nobody else is going to think that, <laughs> right. you know? Um, I might, I, I'm a masochist. I enjoy very, very intense. intense ouchies, pain with my pleasure. That gets me going. You may not be a masochist, but you might like pain a little bit. Taking me to be the only authority on what pain is good and what pain isn't is a bad idea. Um, so definitely, definitely thank you for coming and definitely listen to us and, you know, ask your questions and be out there. But make sure that you're asking your questions of everybody and finding as much information. Um, one of the things that somebody suggested to me when I first had my kids was 
everybody and their mother is going to give you advice. You need to take the advice that works for you and disregard the rest of it. So what we're doing is we're giving you advice based on our lifestyle and the way that we have learned things. You're going to want to take what you can from us and what you can from all the other sources that you find and do what works for you. The only two hard and fast rules that I would say you cannot get away with in this community is everything we do is consent based and everything you do should be negotiated because here's the thing you cannot have consent for something you haven't negotiated um so so now that we've talked about uh where and how to get your information let's uh, get into some actual information Ooh, resources yeah resources <laughs> all right so um let's say believe your... it or not TikTok is actually a pretty good resource yeah um yeah, it, it, it really is. Now, you do have a lot of people on there spreading some, you know, just straight up bullshit. But if you are discerning and you find um, the right uh, kink talkers, that's the, that's what we call ourselves, kink talkers, um, you could get some really good information. And if you just do a search for the hashtag kink talk, which is K1NKTOK, um, or T-O-C, uh, or T-O-C-K, um, you will wind up on the darker side of TikTok, um, which is, in my opinion, the far more fun side of TikTok. Um, but that is uh, one of many, many resources. Um, if you look in the description of this podcast, uh, you will also find the Dragon Clan website, which is the website for um, my leather house. And on my website, I have a links page. And that links page uh, will get you into the Discord server for BDSM 101, that we have a resources page that has probably a couple of hundred entries by now of all kinds of things. Um, and probably the most important one, in my opinion, the, the most important thing that you could do as a brand new kinkster or somebody who is looking into this lifestyle or somebody who is just curious about this lifestyle is to find a good BDSM or kink checklist, okay? Now this checklist, at least the one that we have on our Discord and um, that we're working on for the website, um, it has almost 300 different kinks and we're on a podcast and I just try to do like air quotes with my fingers right <laughs> yeah okay um, but the point of this checklist isn't to shock and awe okay you are not in any way shape or form expected to know what 300 different kinks are what this checklist does is it gets you thinking it gets you considering and it, it's a good learning tool. So as you go through this checklist, you're gonna read some of the kinks and it's gonna be really obvious what it is. And then there's gonna be some of them that you could maybe guess what it is. And then there's gonna be ones that you just have no 
no clue at all whatsoever what the hell we're talking about, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so the first time that I read through the BDSM checklist, I had no clue what a golden shower was. Um, now, granted, this was probably eight, ten years ago, but you'd think me being eight to ten years into the lifestyle, I would have heard of something and have known everything. But even then, I did not have any clue. Um, for those of you who don't know, a golden shower is... Um, when somebody urinates, urinates on you. It's urinate. It's yeah. urine play. Yeah, urine play. Um, so it, it, it never crossed my thing because still to this day, that's a hard limit for me. I do not do hard... It, it's a hard limit. Um, that's another thing. If you're going to go through the BDSM checklist, you should know what everything means. And what a soft limit means is that it means it's something that you are willing to negotiate on a case-by-case -case basis with a partner should that be something your partner is interested in, but it's not really something you're interested in doing except as a thing for your partner. A hard limit is something that it doesn't matter how much negotiation you have, you will not do that with any partner. Um, so for me, golden showers are a hard limit. Even if my partner wanted to do that and they were begging, no, it's not gonna happen. It is a hard limit. However, there are some things on my soft limits that I will do specifically with Sir Dragon. Um, there are also a few things on my soft limits that I might do with another partner or in a scene or as a demo bottom, which is somebody who is being a bottom for a class. Um, so as a demo bottom, I might do it. Um, but typically there are things that I wouldn't do unless I had a really good reason to. Um, they're not ever anything I'm going to really get that much joy out of. Um, although I have had things that have moved from soft limit to a go, there's no really... Um, it's not a term. There's for not anything. a term for yeah. what well, it is it's when it's not a limit. Yeah, yeah, there you go. When it moves that, from a soft limit to something that you really enjoy, it is now one of your kinks. There, we, there you go. Yeah. So I have had a couple of things that have gone from soft limit to kink because when I did them, I enjoyed them um, enough to feel comfortable doing them with anybody as opposed to just doing them on a case-by-case -case basis with my partner. Yeah. Um, that's another thing you will find that everything evolves as you go on. So if you do the BDSM checklist and you get to the bottom and you realize that you've only said that you're interested in like 10 things, that's okay. And those 10 things could remain your 10 things for the rest of your life. Or you could get into the community and you could get more experience. And like me, you could open that up to where now I think out of the 300, I think there's maybe only 30 or 40 things that are on my hard limit list. Maybe even less than that. I was able to put all of my hard limits into 16 different negotiation videos. So <laughs> maybe there's less than 30. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, and, and this is one of the reasons why I feel like the BDSM checklist is the perfect place to start. You can't really go out and start exploring this lifestyle until you have a baseline. This BDSM checklist will give you that baseline. 
researching the things that you're not sure about, researching the things that you don't know will give you an idea of what's out there. And as you're going through the checklist and you're doing this research, you're going to really stop and think about it, really stop and consider it, right? Something that you've never considered before is on this list. You start thinking to yourselves like, oh, 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 I think I really like that, right? Or you could go, hmm, you know what? I'm really not sure. So that goes on your soft limits list, right? Uh, a soft limit doesn't have to be just something that you would only do for a partner, Although that is most, I mean, when, when you've been in the lifestyle for a while, that's what your soft limit um, list ends up being, okay? But when you're brand new, you're going to have a lot of soft limits because you really just don't know. You don't know if it's going to excite you. You don't know if you're going to love it or hate it. Those are things that you put on your soft limits list, right? Um, so once you go through this checklist, you're going to expand your knowledge of the types of things people are talking about when they're saying kink. The types of activities that people are wanting to do when they're talking about BDSM. And it's going to get you doing some personal reflection so you can speak more confidently about the things that you want to try, the things that you want to explore. Right now, you've gone through the checklist. You've done all this self-reflecting. Right. Where well, do we go from there? Well, the first thing is on that checklist, did you say you wanted to give things? Did you say you wanted to receive those various kinks? Or were you kind of up in the air and you didn't know whether you wanted to give or receive or you kind of wanted to do both? That kind of gives you an idea as to where in the spectrum you're going to be as far as being a top or a dom, a switch, which is somebody who goes both ways, or a submissive. So the next step I would say would be bdsmtest.org. So what this is, is it's a test that's going that you can basically answer, I think it's something like 40 questions. Yeah, it's really, really short. And it gives you some ideas of like ways you might identify with the BDSM lifestyle. Um, for example, mine says I am 100% a rope bunny. What that means is that I like to be tied up with rope. And mine says I am 100% a rope rigger, which means I really <laughs> like to tie people up. Oh, we match. It's fun. Um, so I definitely would hit that one up. Um, it's also, if you take that test and you find that you're getting 100% in every category, you're probably in a little bit of what we call frenzy. So you're too excited about everything. Um, and maybe take that one off and come back to the other. The other one I would say online tests that you should definitely look into is the love languages test. And I know that sounds weird. That's like a huge vanilla thing. Um, it's, what is it? The five love languages.com. Yeah. Um, and it's, ba it, you know, it's, the website that attaches to the book, The Five Love Languages by, what is it? Gary Chapman. Gary Chapman. And um, basically it lets you know what your, what languages you give and receive love in. Um, this is going to help later on down the road when you're looking into 
different dynamics and things like that. But it is going to give you an idea of how you accept love um, as well as how you give love. Um, if you read through all the things, it's very, um, it'll give you some really good ideas. Um, so those are two tests, the BDSMtest.org and the fivelovelanguages.com, I believe. I think it's just five love languages. I don't think the, the is Not it? the. Well, yeah. you'll look it up. If you look up Gary Chapman and the five love languages, you'll be able to find it pretty easy. I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to put links to all of this stuff down in the uh, description Ooh, of this. Down in the uh, description. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll put links podcast, wherever so. we can um, for things that we can put links for. And um, also, if you join the Discord um, they're in resources yeah, somewhere. Yeah, they're they're in resources somewhere. Because obviously we talk about them a lot. Yes. Um, so those two are going to give you kind of a baseline of where to start. Mm -hmm. um, and with the BDSM checklist, it kind of gives you an idea of where you're at. Um, the self-reflection involved in all of those things is very important when you're just beginning in the lifestyle. Um I, you, earlier I mentioned frenzy. So frenzy is what we call um, the excitement, excitement the, the attitude you get into where you are so excited and you're so interested in everything. I want to do all the things. Because you're in it, right? Um, so yeah, you're so interested that you just want to try everything and do everything and know everything and you're just going a million miles an hour and... A lot of times that frenzy state is a time when you can get into some very dangerous BDSM situations. Yep. Um, it At that point, you're not listening to your needs and wants so much as you are listening to everything around you. It is that time during frenzy that you can, that you are most susceptible to those people using this lifestyle as a mask for abuse. Um, typically, and there's no time frame, to be honest. Some people will stay in frenzy for years and they'll just allow themselves to be abused and be manipulated. And some people will have a moment of frenzy every now and then. Um, every now and then when I learn something new, I still get a little excited and have to calm myself down. Oh, I do it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So um, frenzy is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's a very good idea to be self-aware and to understand when you're in that mind frame um, and how to protect yourself during that time frame by not, um, you should never negotiate in frenzy and everything should start with negotiation and consent. So you really shouldn't be entering into any sort of dynamic or play partnership if you are in frenzy. Um, and being that self-aware is a very good thing. Um, hopefully, um, you have found BDSM through some really nice, soft entry and not because you've been with an abuser for three years and just realized that what they were doing to you was not actual BDSM, but rather abuse. Um, but either way is valid. Um, and some of the people that I know really well um, did start off in that abusive relationship before they got to someplace safe and someplace authentically healthy BDSM. 
Because there's a big difference between abuse and BDSM. There's a big difference between abuse and being kinky. Um, I don't like to use... I'm not sure big difference is the truth there because there's really a very fine line. Um, The way that I understand it because the difference, the big difference between... BDSM and abuse is consent. consent. One word, consent. Now, that means That's that you have That's a big word, to, though. Right? That does mean that you have to understand that coercion is not consent. Uninformed consent is not consent. Sleepy consent, uh, inebriated consent, these are not consent. Consent in subspace is not consent. Which we could actually do an entire podcast just on consent, oh, which yeah. we will probably do. We will probably spend a whole year and a half talking about consent and it will never be enough. Yeah. Um, so maybe like a once a month consent talk. <laughs> and, you know, we're going to be doing this every two weeks. So maybe uh, every other podcast will be something about consent. <laughs> that may, be a, that may be a little much. Right, maybe. Um bang you over the head with it though because it is that important yes yes absolutely um, uh, for me it is the one and only true law uh, it, it is not something that will ever 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 you be cannot bent customize or consent bro- yeah it, it is i i am so against the one true way um way of thinking i am so against the you know uh just I don't like the the term rules. I like guidelines, right? But I will stand on that hill and die a thousand times that consent is the one rule in BDSM. Now, Tink has already mentioned that negotiations is on her list too, but you can't have negotiations without consent. So again, it boils down to consent. consent without negotiation. Yeah. So. It, it, it's it, it. They go hand in hand. Yeah, they do. They um, do. so so let's continue. So we've got now. You know who you are. You know what you're currently interested in, and you know kind of where you're coming from, and you're self aware. So how do you find other people that are in this lifestyle? Are in too. this lifestyle too that you can hang out with? Because let's face it. I could play with rope all day, but all I'm going to do is spread it out on the bed, roll around in it, and, you know, just love on it. I, I need somebody else to tie me into it, right? So how do you find those kinds of people? Um, there's a couple of really good... Okay, so there's one kind of eh that everybody's been using because it's been the only one out there, and another really good resource for finding... Um, kinksters. Kinksters. That's what we call ourselves as kinksters. The first way is the one that's been around for a very long time. It's called FetLife. At this point, most community-based kinksters only really use FetLife to find events and classes and things to go to. Um, There's quite a big community on FetLife um, for meeting people. There are groups. It's kind of like a kinky Facebook Um, so there are groups, there are ways to like reach out and individually chat with people. Um, but you'll also find that there are a lot of creepers on FetLife 
um, and that those creepers tend to bounce into your DMs and send you dick pics without, can I say dick on? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, send you dick pics or send you, you know, unsolicited messages, messages yeah. and send you things that are way outside your boundaries of consent. Um, so a lot of people who are very into the lifestyle only really use it for those events. Um, that's not to say that you couldn't have various levels of, con of, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Various levels of conversation and connection, connection or conversation. That's neither one of those are the words, but that's okay. okay. It works though, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, if I remember it later, it'll just, I'll be, it'll be like 40 minutes into the podcast. And I'll just yell it out. So two and a half minutes. <laughs> anyway so uh, FetLife can very quickly become a toxic place if you let it right um, I actually tell most people that I'm telling to go to FetLife to just ignore your messages right set up your profile do whatever it is you want up to your comfort level but really FetLife needs to be used to find your local events okay um, I actually use FetLife now to do a lot of my vetting when people ask me about uh, different groups or ask me um, to make sure that this particular person is safe, I will go on FetLife and I'll use it as a uh, research tool. I'll find that person on FetLife, find the groups that they say that they're uh, a part of. I'll reach out to the leaders of those groups. I'll use my um, local contacts here to make sure that that group itself is a decent place to be. Um, so there are uh, various uh, reasons to use FetLife, but um, just be warned that it can become a fairly toxic place pretty quick, especially if you start really interacting with people that you don't know, right? right. Now, the next resource is actually a, a fairly new resource, and I've had the pleasure of uh, becoming at least online friends with the owner um, but it's called Kinky Souls. KinkySouls.com. It's a company out of Australia. Uh, and they are doing some absolutely wonderful things with that platform to try to keep it from turning into another toxic environment like FetLife is. Um, and again, these links will be um, somewhere once I figure out how to do that. <laughs> welcome to the kinks of episode one <laughs> or, or uh, kinks <laughs> welcome to the uh, technical issues of uh, episode one there we go right um so now you've gone through fat life and you've gone through kinky souls and you found our discord and you followed all the all of the things to find all of the online community stuff um and you found your local community how do you go about introducing yourself to that local community how do you find the right people and talk to and basically make sure that they know that you're the right person now we'll get into vetting a little bit later on in our series here um, because it's another one that we could spend an entire podcast talking about vetting um, but you're brand new Right? You don't have friends, you haven't had a mentor, you haven't had any sort of um, introduction. You're going to, first of all, 
finding those communities, you're looking for a slosh, or you're looking for a munch, or you're looking for a class. So sloshes are going to typically be a gathering, a vanilla gathering at a bar. So you're gonna dress in regular clothes, you're gonna come out and you're going to meet other members of the community in a bar, and you're gonna have drinks and you're gonna talk BDSM and kink and life and just about anything else. Um, a munch is the same thing, only that one includes a meal at a restaurant. Now, that being said, the differentiation between munch and slosh are typically new. A lot of the older, more established munches at bars are just that. They're sloshes that are called munches because they've been going on for 20 years and the terminology of slosh versus munch is relatively new in the last four to five years. Um, then the last thing you're looking for is classes. Whether online or in person, classes on various different types of kinks or whatever are a great way to introduce yourself to the community because you're coming in and you're saying, hey, I'm here to learn. Um, and that is a huge one. I still go to classes. I still attend and sometimes teach classes because going in and learning things um, and learning new things is very good is it's a very good idea to always be a learner as well as an educator in this community um yeah, you want to talk about red flags if you ever meet or start talking to anybody who says that they don't need to learn anything else or that they know everything or that they don't need classes or they've stopped learning just say thank you for your time and walk away right so the big thing is so Going back to how can someone vet you if you're brand new and you don't know anybody and you don't know much of anything about the lifestyle? Well, that goes back to having that self-awareness. If you are self-aware and you have that open and honest communication with other members of the lifestyle at a munch and at a thing, go introduce yourself. Go talk about yourself. Talk about what brings you to kink. Talk about what you know, what you've heard, what you've learned so far. Talk about what you're open to learning. And now you have that basis of that BDSM checklist to go back to and say, well, I just did a BDSM checklist. And if they don't know what that is, that's okay. Um, I don't know how prevalent that is in the overall community. It's something that's been very prevalent here because we have an established munch for 20 years now where they've been handing out, handing out the yeah. BDSM checklist. So it's a very big thing here and we're trying to make it more of a universal thing. But if they don't know what that is, that's fine. But you go and you say, well, you know, I recently heard about... Um, flogging and i think that flogging sounds amazing but i've never had a, the opportunity to try it out well now you've just selected a topic that probably most of them are aware and understand about um but you've also let them know that you're new enough that you don't have any experience it is okay to not have any experience 
When somebody goes to their first community event and walks in and says, oh, I've been a master in the leather lifestyle for 20 years and I've played with a million people and blah, blah, blah. Most of us just look at them, roll our eyes and go talk to somebody else because these people are inflating their, their own presence, presence yeah. in order to try and garner a respect that they haven't earned yet. Um, you need, when you walk into a munch, you need to be authentically who you are. You need to be completely honest about all the things that you do and do not know. And you need to be aware that you're not going to be everybody's first choice for a play partner right off the bat. And that's okay. You're still learning. You go to enough munches, you go to enough sloshes, you go to enough classes, and you will start getting those invites to the private play parties. You will start being somebody that somebody could vet for a dungeon. You will begin to make a name for yourself as somebody who's honest and somebody who's open to learning and somebody who is safe to play with. Now, one of the things that you can do to kind of help combat the possibility that you get poached and being poached is um, when basically an abuser finds a new person and kind of takes advantage of them. Um, when you're about to go to an event, a class, whatever it might be, um, wherever you found it, whether that be on Kinky Souls or on FetLife, you'll be able to look up to see who the host of that event is. You'll be able to see who's running the event, right? If there's a particular group that's running the event, look up that group and see who the leaders of that group are. And then reach out to them over that platform, whether it be Kinky Souls or FetLife, and let them know that you're going to be showing up, right? Um, when you get to the event, ask for those people, okay? Um, that is going to kind of mitigate the chances that you run into the unsavory types and just like anything else in life there is a mix of unsavory types in our lifestyle um, and unfortunately our lifestyle does tend to attract some of those unsavory types because it is a little bit more on the easier side to hide when it's okay to do things that would normally be looked at as abusive as long as you have consent. I hope that wasn't too confusing. <laughs> I don't know. Sounds really confusing to me, but guess what? That's kind of the point. Yes, there are red flags. Yes, there are things. But one of the things I've always said, a red flag is not a full stop. A red flag is a caution on the play that you have to renegotiate. And when you're brand new, bringing up those red flags and renegotiating is hard. It is not easy to do. It is not, I mean, I, from experience, I have been in those situations. I have been in those places. And I can tell you that you're going to mess up. You are going to get into a relationship or a dynamic where all of a sudden you realize that it's not what you want. And that's okay because that's what your safe word is for. That is what your consent is for. Because at any time, for any reason, 
no matter what it is, you can revoke consent. There have been times when <laughs> Sir Dragon and I will just be having a conversation and I will get overwhelmed or frustrated and I will literally safe word out of our conversation. Now that doesn't mean that we won't finish the conversation. It just means that I need time to assess, calm down, and be able to come back to that conversation with a clear head about what's going on because I have trauma in my past that means that sometimes I get upset and I start putting th putting words in his mouth. I start hearing what he has to say with a tint that's not actually there. You will make mistakes and that's okay. You will get into the wrong relationship more than once before you find the perfect one for you and that's okay. Just as long as you remember that your consent to be in that relationship is as revocable as washing away a mess up when you put your makeup on or your lipstick on wrong. You know, it is the easiest thing in the world. You have to be able to step away and revoke consent um, when you realize you've made those mistakes. And don't beat yourself up over it either. I think that's a big thing. Yeah, always learn from your mistakes, but don't beat yourself up to the point that you're not willing to go out and make another mistake. Okay? Um, because that's how we learn typically. I mean, human beings, in general, we learn from the things that we've done wrong, right? So we figured out that, that we did X, Y, and Z wrong, so we're not going to do X, Y, and Z. But this next time, we end up doing A, B, and C wrong. So the third time around, you don't do A, B, and C or X, Y, and Z, right? So, so hopefully, um, we haven't just completely scared the shit out of you <laughs> in the last 15 minutes. Um, and you're still interested in uh, pursuing this lifestyle because I could tell you the, the, the main purpose of this lifestyle, for me at least over the last eight years, has been self-discovery and personal growth. And I could say in the last eight years, I have learned more about myself and I have grown more as a person than I did in the entire 32 years before that combined. Um, and yes, I did just give away my age. I am 40 years old. Um, I'm not. <laughs> um, so as with most things in life, there are bad with the good. But in my experience, if you are careful and you do your research and you keep learning and you learn as much as you can and you surround yourself with the right people, this lifestyle brings so much more good than the bad that accompanies it. I will say this too. Once you've realized that you're kinky, once you find this lifestyle, you will find that you are not okay without it. Um, my mental health suffers. I know that when we, both of us at one point or another have tried to be vanilla, have tried to be monogamous, have tried to be things that we were not, and it definitely was detrimental to our mental health. Yeah, yeah. So 
keep staying the course. Everything's going to be fine. Um, again, this is the first 101. So if you're listening like years in the future and there's like a thousand episodes, just keep listening. Okay. We will be back in two weeks and um, I guess that's it. So I'm Tink and... I'm Sir Dragon and you guys have a most wonderful evening, morning or afternoon, whatever it is. <laughs> have a great day. Bye guys.